Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I own the Seckler Law Firm, and I do this show each and every week to help people understand uh, some of the financial and legal ramifications that um, that you need to consider as uh, you you walk through life and you get through your retirement years, and then pass during the retirement years, how can we set ourselves up for success? And some weeks on this show, uh, I talk about legal technical issues, and I'll you know teach you the things I think you need to know what goes into a good estate plan, how to protect yourself from issues like taxes or excessive fees or nursing home issues. Um, and then on some uh, episodes, I bring on a guest and, and talk to them about what they do for a living. And I invite people that I think do a nice job for their clients and, and I'll have some interesting things to say. And this week is one of those types of episodes. I am uh, joined by a friend and colleague, uh, Keith Colonna from Morgan Stanley. He's a financial advisor. Uh, and I've been in this business for about 10 years, and he's one of the first financial advisors I met when I started doing this, and, and we were both active in the North Hills Chamber uh, and got to know each other a little bit and have run some cases. So, uh, Keith, with that, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hello, and thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Uh, as I'm sure uh, Keith and his uh, compliance team will be happy, I need to give you a little disclaimer. You can't make legal or financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show, for that matter. Uh, if there's something you hear in this episode and, and you would like to learn more about it, your job then is not to make decisions on that, but to give us a call uh, to make sure that we are uh, properly screening what you're thinking about doing. And so you can find Keith anytime. I'm going to go ahead and give you his phone number. It is 724-933-1493. Uh, that's Keith Colonna at Morgan Stanley. My phone number, if you have legal questions, want to ask uh, or learn more about what uh, your estate plan should uh, say, you want to give us a buzz at 724 546 Four two two seven. All right, and with that, uh, Keith, I, I thought maybe first we would just get into your background a little bit. You know, uh, why do you do financial services? What drew you to this practice area? What do you like about doing it? Well, uh, just to give you some background on on what I do day to day, I work on a family team in Morgan Stanley's Wexford, PA branch as a financial advisor and as a certified financial planner professional. My team, uh, which includes my sister in law Sandra Caruso. My son, Keith Colonna, Jr., and our registered associate, Sarah DePauli, provide investment and financial planning advice for clients throughout the United States. As of May of this year, we manage nearly $500 million of client assets across the United States. That's a, that's a, folks, that's a, that's a big practice, which speaks to the quality of the work that they're doing. And I can tell you, that's always the thing that I've been jealous of, you know. Um, as a as a lawyer, we're sort of uh, restricted geographically um, based on our licensing. You know, I, I'm a I'm licensed in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. We have an attorney here who's licensed in Ohio, but I don't have estate planning clients in California or New Mexico, which which I suppose you could, uh, which is good. So so you you uh, you and your sister in law are in business, which. I'm not sure, you know, maybe I would have to ask the family compliance department to ask you about how that goes. I, 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 I can imagine, It works pretty well. I can imagine that could get tricky from time to time. But all right, so how did you, how did you find this, this particular profession? Well, my father-in-law fueled my interest in this profession. He was a successful sales engineer before becoming a financial advisor in his late 50s as a second career. He had also 
uh, been a very successful personal investor over his lifetime, too. Uh, in the first years of his financial services career, he helped my parents recover from poor advice that they had received early in their retirement. I became fascinated by the work he was doing for them, particularly investments he made for them with individual stocks. His early work helped my parents stay retired when they might have needed to return to the workplace if their investments had not been better managed. In the late 1990s, when I was working as an engineer myself in the metals and packaging industries, we began having discussions about me joining him and my sister-in-law in their practice at Leg Mason Wood Walker. My father-in-law by then was in his late 60s, and he was already thinking about succession planning. I was very intrigued at the entrepreneurial opportunity of this business, and so in mid-2000, I left manufacturing, and I joined the investment world. So the family path is to be an engineer first and then, and then get into the financial well, services. Well, for two of us. Yeah, so I can tell you, um, I don't know, folks, if if you know engineers, um, but but my experience has been engineers that I get to work with are, are fairly analytical f- uh, folks, which which I anticipate is probably a a, a pretty good thing uh, to to have in a financial advisor. So, how long you've been doing it? Twenty two years, as of July first this year. Okay, so that's awesome. Um, and that's following a career in engineering, right? Correct. So, Fourteen years in engineering. So you've been you've been uh, helping people for a while now. In building this practice that you guys have, and helping the clients that you have, um, what do you think has allowed you guys to enjoy the success you have? Like, what sets you apart from some of the other folks that um, other financial advisors? I think three things differentiate us. Uh, first, we are a family team, which I believe heightens our sense of shared responsibility for the work that we do. We are all committed to the success of our clients and our families, too. Second, we build our own portfolio models and actively manage client portfolios on a discretionary basis with equity and fixed income securities that we select. We believe we are in a shrinking minority of financial advisors that actively manage portfolios using individual equities. And third, we have all worked in different fields before becoming financial advisors, which I believe expands our our horizons and worldview. There's a follow-up question I have to that. So um, you say in here we believe we're – a shrinking minority of financial advisors who sort of do their own in-house uh, selection of investments, right? I, I think that probably is a thing that sets you guys apart from some other advisors. You know, th- there are places where, um, you know, it's it's there's a preordained list of things, and and um, and not that the list is a bad list, but I think that it's interesting that you guys are that active in your management of it. Yes. Um, okay, so you know. We're in we're in a pretty tricky time. You know, one of the things that that I see uh, that I would think about, and you know, my this business, this law practice that I have, uh, is interesting, and and laws change and times change, but it's not as turbulent as the financial markets can be. In in fact, have been recently. Um, you know, I I, uh, I I don't envy uh, the financial advisor who in in times of market downturns has to answer the phone every every friday afternoon <laughs> but well, do, do you care to share any thoughts about you know what's going on in the market today um generally opportunities trends threats sure and that could be a discussion that would go through the rest of your show but but basically the way the way this year shaped up began like this u.s capital markets began the year began 2022 at a sort of curious intersection in which both stocks and fixed income had higher-than-average valuations, uh, with the U.S. Federal Reserve keeping interest rates near record lows. Asset prices rose over the past few years, too. And as we had anticipated many months ago, inflation also rose. 
Today, the Federal Reserve is in the midst of tightening monetary policy with interest rate increases and plans to shrink their balance sheet. This has put upward pressure on interest rates, and in turn, their actions have begun to put downward pressure on stock prices. So April proved to be a difficult month for U.S. stock and bond and markets, as both experienced deep monthly declines. And we think this was driven by the Fed's you know, more hawkish stance. You know, there's, a, there's a, a thing that I have in here. Way back in college, I took some economics classes, and I took some finance classes, and, and there was this lesson that kind of stuck with me that when stocks were up, bonds were kind of down, and when bonds were up, stocks were kind of down. And so far in 2022, everything's down. <laughs> it's, no, n- not often does that happen, but so far this year, that's been the case. All right. Sorry for interrupting. No, that. no problem. But you'd asked about opportunities, too, and, and we think that history shows that market corrections can be sources of opportunity. It's not always easy to recognize them if you're not looking at, in, at individual companies. Uh, but many companies from a variety of markets and industries and sectors – have declined in price over the past year, far more than the market has in general. We believe many of them now offer more attractive valuations for investors who have a truly long-term view because we think the shares of many solid companies have been indiscriminately pushed down in price. We think these can be sources of opportunity uh, for investors willing to own individual companies and not just be passive market index investors. Uh, We also think significant pent-up demand remains in many areas of our economy uh, post-COVID. Housing supplies to be still pretty tight. Auto sales are down in part due to supply chain issues. This is not to single these two industries out, but I'm just highlighting the unmet demands that we think still exist in the economy. Anytime there are abnormal dislocations in the markets or the economy, we believe opportunities may be found. You know, and, and you know, my commentary here is that you, you make made a point that um, – there are opportunities in individual stocks, and that, that's always seems to be the case. The tricky part is knowing which ones, right? Of course. Which is why everybody <clears throat> takes more to the hedged approach and just, I'm going to pick an index fund or I'm going to pick, um, you know, th- this this uh, group of, of related stocks or whatever, the balanced fund. And, and so, but it's it's if you do that, when the market is down like it has been for the last couple of months, well, if everything's down, everything's down, and, and you don't get to ride sort of the bright stars in the mix, uh, which is really interesting and I think is probably a credit to the fact that we've already discussed you take an active management role in, in picking securities and, and different things. And so, uh, I think that that's interesting. I also want to add a compliment. Um, so Keith, um, from time to time, um, well, I don't know how, how – when do you do your, your e-newsletter that I get? Uh, monthly. So he does a monthly e-newsletter, which in and of itself is worth calling his office to ask uh, – to, to sign up for because he does a wonderful job with this and he provides he provides personal insight. You know, one of the things that, that I have seen – is I, I get a lot of different newsletters and different things just being in the business that I'm in. And, and it's funny because some of these things you can tell when you read it that it's it's kind of a canned message. It's kind of like, okay, you know, somebody somebody in the back office wrote this. But when I read yours, um, I think it's a testament to how active you are in paying close attention to the market because I can tell you wrote it, uh, which I think, is, which I think is, is a thing that sets you apart and makes it interesting. And that itself is worth reaching out to Keith and, and reading that thing from time to time. And I'm going to give you Keith's contact information again. It is 
1493. And as Keith mentioned, he sees uh, clients across the country. But the office is in Sewickley, right off the interstate, uh, off of 79. Or is that 279? It's off of 79 at the Wexford exit. At the Wexford exit. Um, and if you want to learn more about Keith, it is uh, his website is morganstanleyfa.com slash Caruso Colonna Group, C-A-R-U-S-O-C-O-L-O-N-N-A group.com. Um, and um, the... Um, the, the phone number again was 724-933-1493. Uh, and we have been talking so far about Keith and his practice. Uh, reach out to him if you have any questions. We're going to talk in a little bit about what that looks like. Uh, if you have any estate planning, asset protection, elder law questions, you can find more about the Seckler Law Firm at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, or give us a buzz at... Come to one of our upcoming free estate planning and elder law uh, workshops where we teach you all about wills and trusts and powers of attorney and and how, in our opinion, to have a successful retirement uh, and uh, eliminate some of the risks that are out there. And speaking about uh, some of the risks out there, what about some lesson learned from previous marketing uh, market conditions or events? Right. So um, they're abundant. Uh, every bull and bear market creates abundant lessons, and sometimes they're relearned. But three really stand out to me that I think are worth uh, hearing about today. The first one is to be aware of something called recency bias. This is a term from the field of behavioral finance, and it essentially means that people tend to anchor their thinking to recent events, and then they conclude that this is the way things will be going into the future. Bull markets often bring euphoria, and bear markets bring despondency. In the midst of both, it can become easy to project these feelings forward and assume that it will always be that way. Uh, the second lesson is to not overreact to the news of the day or even the month or the quarter. Emotional decisions to buy or sell are often not the best ones. Emotions can cloud judgment and common sense. In a bear market, investors can get the feeling of hopelessness and fear may tempt them to sell out, often at the worst time. However, history has demonstrated that selling out near the bottom is often or almost always the wrong thing to do. Chasing markets when they're at record highs is also not always the smartest thing to do either. The third is be careful about chasing faddish and trendy investment themes. And I can't go into those here. Every bull market and strong economy seems to generate new ones. This last few years has been no exception. We strive, though, to think in terms of needs versus wants from an investment perspective. There There are many things people want such as social media, streaming, video, movies, and so forth, but they are not essential. Food, medicine, energy, and the processes that manufacture these things that people need all the time are essential. So we tend to anchor our investment thinking into differentiating between needs and wants, and then we seek to pick companies to build portfolios that tend to fall into that needs category. It's interesting. It's interesting, uh, the needs category. So not as emotional decisions, right? um, uh, you know, and I think uh, one one obvious thing is, like, we are right now, it, what's in the news is this uh, uh, baby formula shortage, right? Well, that's a need. We, these babies need to eat, right? And, and some companies, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what really transpired to get to this point, but – you can bet there's a whole lot of people trying to solve that problem right now, and and so focusing on a need rather than rather than the want, particularly in a downturn. And you know, you mentioned about um, sort of emotional decisions and the recency effect and, and all of that. Um, and you know, you feel sorry. I feel sorry for the people in 2020 that were terrified of the COVID news and all the rest. Got out of the market thinking it was going to crash, and the market did exactly the opposite. Right? It's so, it's 
it's almost impossible to time things. It yeah. just is. And that that just to me, if, if ever the market, if you could look at the news and say, oh, man, the world, the, the stock market's going to crash, it would have been when businesses were not allowed to be open. But yet, um, you know, the, the stock market soared at that point in time. So uh, I'd like to switch gears with you, Keith, and, and talk to uh, a little bit about, you know, what you do for a living and what I do for a living are so closely related. You know, I'm not picking stocks and bonds, but... We work with folks like you to make sure that the the money, the nest egg, the retirement funds get to the next generation and dodge some risks along the way. You know, I talk on this show all the time about the biggest financial risk I think most middle class and upper middle class Americans face is the threat of needing the nursing home. Right. And you and I, we'll save it for, for another episode maybe, we've talked about some personal stories we've had in our families with this. And, and this is a huge financial risk. And so part of what we do is help people not only answer the question, sort of what happens with the stuff when you pass away, but what happens if you get really, really sick before you pass away. Um, would you share with me, you know, your take on your experience working with us or with other attorneys, and, and sure. how how does a financial advisor and a state planner, you know, how does this this whole thing come together in, in a good situation for people? Oh, it's a great question, and it's the core of what you do, and and. Uh, and we do work with multiple people in this field, and, and uh, we try to guide all clients to think about the long-term picture, particularly when they're doing a thorough plan for the first time, which is what we've done working together with you as well. What we suggest people do is take a tablet and a pen and a pencil and write out questions and goals. Don't do this on a computer. Use paper. We suggest that people do this in a quiet setting with no music or television distractions. Uh, I think this sharpens your focus and it makes you think about your objectives. And then we suggest that people think deeply about what questions they should, should be asking uh, of me, but more so of you. Uh, these might include questions like, who will be guardians for our minor children? How will our money be handled when we pass away? Are we properly protecting against the risk of income loss due to disability or death? Do we have charity if you want to support? Should we be thinking about long-term care planning, as you just noted? And what does that really mean for us? Are there special concerns about one or more of our children that may need additional planning attention? Once you get these goals on paper and these questions on paper, we recommend they speak with, with you or another qualified attorney, their CPA, and us to build a plan that helps them seek to pursue their goals. I like to think of this as an engineering problem. Oh, well, of course you would. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Engineers are trained to, to think about things called initial conditions. You're presented with some facts, some initial data. What are those initial conditions and what problem are you trying to solve? So we have a set of known initial conditions. There are end goals that, that clients want to meet. We strive to work to design a plan in conjunction with a client's attorney and CPA that helps seek to achieve these goals. And we, moreover, we really strive to make sure this plan is implemented and that it's and monitored and that it's not just sitting on a shelf somewhere gathering dust and not being effective. Yeah, and in particularly like in retirement years for me, I, I, I tell my clients, listen, estate planning is a process to be managed, not a thing that you did that one time and put on the shelf. Correct. Right? Your life changes, the law changes, your family dynamics change, deaths happen, divorces happen, disabilities happen. You know, your, your trust level with a particular child might change. And, and all of these different things impact not only, you know, who gets what, but also what's the tax strategy? What's the long-term care strategy? What happens if somebody gets disabled? Uh, and, you know, it, it's it's these are what I call the tough questions. This and, and really when people come to my workshop, this is really what we spend a lot of time talking about. Because, you know, people ask me, you know, should we do beneficiary designations? Should we do a will? Should we do a trust? Like, and, and when, when that question comes up, I know that the person is really thinking about really one primary question. 
in that is who gets it when I pass away, right? Who who gets what? And we hardly ever, families hardly ever get that question wrong, right? I mean, 80% of the families are probably going to say equal shares to the kids if they have kids or not to assorted family members, friends, or nonprofits, right? So, okay, we can do that. But the, what that's not necessarily a plan. A plan is, okay, I understand that that's ultimately the objective, um, but what if this happens first? And what if that happens first? You know, I use, when I'm driving, I use the Waze app. And I'm driving. And what yes. I, why I use the Waze app instead of the thing that is in the dashboard of my vehicle is because Waze will change directions for me when an accident happens out in front. And I I, I was on the, uh, you know, there's this big construction project on, on the, the bridge over the Ohio on uh, 79 right now. And the, I was a couple of weeks ago. I, there was an accident just past the bridge, headed north, and we're sitting in traffic, and, and it's a it's a log jam, right? Um, and Waze is telling me I need to get off the bridge. There's an exit just past the bridge, and nobody in front of me is moving, and I'm like screaming at people. There's an exit that allows you to bypass this accident and get right back on a mile later. Uh, and Waze is, you know, telling me this is all you got to do in your home in 20 minutes. But if you sit here, you're going to be here for two hours, you know. And I, I eventually got out of the car and said, hey, just do this. And the three cars that were blocking my way did it. We all got home in 20 minutes, you know. And it's, But it, it's kind of like a, a financial plan, a, an investment plan needs to be able to change in reaction to when life throws us a curveball, right? And And – um, so you need to monitor this. You need to pay attention to this. And, and yeah, uh, it takes a team. So talk to me about, like, what, what it looks like well when financial advisors, attorneys, accountants, CPAs are, are working well together. Well, yeah, I think that's something that every good financial advisor or attorney would tell you. Is it, it, it is a team effort. And I sort of view ourselves as the quarterback or head coach. And I suppose every professional probably sees themselves in that same spot. But somebody has to be the one to sort of, you know, look at everything and make sure that it's working together. So every team – professional has a skill set or experience set in a given area of expertise i'm not an attorney so i don't know so but um you i believe people benefit by having someone like us help coordinate and make sure everything's put together properly yeah um yeah that's that's right i i and it and it takes a team effort you know there's there's oftentimes you know i hardly ever will do an estate plan when they're actually working with a financial advisor without picking up the phone and talking to the financial advisor because there's things i could do that is screwed up that would screw up the planner's uh uh, plan and there's things that the financial planner could do that would screw up my estate plan, you know, and and so uh, it it really um, needs to sort of uh, mesh well. And and what we're really talking about is y- you've worked hard to accumulate some stuff, right? Some money, some house, some home equity. You've got these things, uh, and to me, uh, you know, the the real question is with our clients: What do you want your legacy to be? So right. so this word, legacy plan. What what does legacy mean to you? Well, legacy for us is, is really multi, multi-generational. That's how I like to think of it. What has been passed down to us from our heirs? What can be passed down to our kids and grandkids? I think legacy is a multi-generational planning effort where you're trying to achieve all of those goals, and that, that's how we view it. But we also think it means planning to live comfortably in your retirement while also setting yourself up to ideally help that next generation. All right. So, Keith, we got a couple minutes left. Um, I'm sure that there's somebody listening uh, to this that, that thinks, you know what, th- this, this Keith fellow seems to know what the heck he's talking about. He's speaking my language. So let's say that uh, somebody wants to reach out to you, uh, and I'm going to give the phone number again. It is 724-933-1493. Somebody reaches out to you. Um, 
Tell me what the process looks like from there. Well, the process for us is pretty straightforward. When we have a new client that comes to us, we, it's an, we start off with an initial interview, and that can be by phone, video, or in person. And we gather comprehensive, inf- comprehensive information about that individual or family. And then we do an analysis and evaluate the data they provide, and we complete an initial financial plan at no cost to the potential client. And then we will review this plan with them and provide our initial recommendations. At this point, the client then is free to make their decision about whether they want to move forward with us uh, or not. So they understand what the plan looks like. They understand your recommendations. They under, they get it all. They understand the whole everything. deal before Costs, they're, they're yes. asked to sign a sheet of paper or Correct. write a check or do whatever the thing is. Correct. And, you know, we try to do it the same way. We're, we're an education-based uh, law firm, and that's why I do this radio show, right? And you seem to be doing the same thing. You're going to understand by going through the plan, you're going to understand – your as the advisor your philosophy and how it aligns with the client the client can decide if it aligns or not i suppose here's the recommendations here's our philosophy on this um and you know i'm sure that they're allowed to make tweaks but this is kind of our thoughts on the situation and you know we do the same thing so we have these estate planning and elder law workshops where we invite people to come in and uh learn all about different estate planning tools you know most people kind of understand the concept between a stock or a bond but a lot of people kind of don't understand the the concept between a a will or a trust, or a revocable trust, or an irrevocable trust, and as a result, we have to do a lot of education, and we do these free workshops, uh, which you can find out all about at SecklerLawFirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, LawFirm.com, or you can schedule by giving us a call at 724-546-4227. Uh, Keith, any concluding thoughts? Anything you would uh, like folks to know before we sign off here? Uh, no, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to spend some time visiting with you, and and I, I think what you're doing is so important. Uh, there, we usually see that people uh, underestimate so many things and make false assumptions about their planning needs, and that's why good advice and good help is just paramount. Well, awesome, and thanks for coming on. Folks, remember, uh, this show is for your education and information. This is not advice. You should not make decisions based on what you heard here or on any other radio show for that matter. If you'd like to have uh, some advice, you should give us a call. Uh, the law firm's phone number 724-546-4227. And again, thanks, Keith, for joining us. Thank you. Everybody have a great week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.